we woke up on a Sunday morning and just like made coffee and like put up all of like the voting guides up on the like threw them up on the TV and then just kind of like went through everything together and like filled it out and um yeah and then walked down and put it in the box and I was just like that's exactly how I want to vote from here on out. <laughs> Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, talk and talk. All right, here we go. You guys want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. Hello and welcome, everyone. This week, we'll be talking about Heidi Schreck's Broadway play, What the Constitution Means to Me, which has been filmed and is available on Amazon Prime Video. But before we get into that, let's introduce ourselves. And since this, since we're recording this right before the election, <laughs> answer the question, what's your election day plans? I'm Sandra Amstutz. I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee. My election day plan is to, first of all, I'm going to be working the polls at my local election site this year. So if you are in a very specific neighborhood in East Nashville, Tennessee, um, you might see me right, like getting printing ballots and getting people checked <laughs> in. Um, so I'm going to be doing that all day from 6am till whenever the polls close, maybe eight, nine, who knows. Um, and then ho- what I'm hoping is that I will be exhausted from that day and I'll be so exhausted that I couldn't even bear to look at Twitter, and I will just fall right <laughs> asleep when I get home. Uh, I'm Lucas Wright, a designer in Chicago, and I am planning on um, hanging out with my quarantine pod, which I don't know if people are still doing, <laughs> but I am. Um, and we're making pizza, and we're going to watch a movie tonight. Um, and again, hopefully not look at Twitter the entire night and then just go to sleep and see what happens throughout the rest of this hell week. Have you picked your movie? We have not picked our movie yet. Yeah. What movie do you watch while the fate of the country is being decided? So we decided not any kind of political movie. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's all we'll be thinking about the entire time. Sure. Um, so we, so it's, it's got to be something fun, and it's got to be something distracting and engaging. So we're right. thinking some kind of action movie um, or just like a classic, like A Princess Bride or something like that. Totally. Well, I do so. – I want to hear what y'all ended up picking. Um, Definitely. Will do. Yeah. So. Can I ask, Lucas – what did you do four years ago on election night? Oh, oh. I know <laughs> we had an extremely, question, but... yeah, no, we had an extremely optimistic watch party, um, with a bunch of people at our house Yeah, and I, uh, it was not good. It did not go well. <laughs> Were you in California at the time? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We had a watch party at our house. Champagne was in the fridge. It was, Ugh. You know, and it, <laughs> it was the darkest party I've ever thrown. I'll never do yep. it again. I will never host an election night party ever nope. again in my life. <laughs> it has been ruined for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This episode, yeah. I think, is going to get dark and stay dark. So um... <laughs> let's let's settle in. But let's I will say, I, here, here's my here's what I'll say. This being election, yeah. this being released on election day, even though the world is in like a dark place and like we don't know how this election is going to turn out, I have been so excited to work these polls. Like, I'm very nerdy about it. I'm very excited about, like, participating in the process. And 
I'm also just like, I do still have this bit of hope that either way it turns out, the voter turnout this year has been through the roof. And Mm -hmm. more and more people are participating in our democracy than ever before. And that's always a good thing, you know? Um, Yeah. So there is good news, even though we don't know what the final news is. That is true. Is what I'm trying to think about. I agree. agree. I think it's always exciting to see more people engage in democracy. um, And I think this is a year that (laughs) we're going to see those numbers really skyrocket, which is definitely exciting for for America in general. Yeah. Well... Let's talk about what we're feeling this week. Um, every week we like to talk about something that we've either discovered or rediscovered. Um, so Sandra, tell us, what is it that you're feeling this week? This week I'm feeling the new Netflix miniseries, um, The Queen's Gambit. So this is something that kind of came on my radar very quickly. Um, it wasn't something I had been anticipating. But once I saw the trailer and I saw that it starred Anya Taylor-Joy... I immediately thought, well, I will definitely be watching that. Um, the interesting thing is when I saw the trailer, I had no idea that it was a miniseries. I thought it was a movie for sure. Um, oh, same. And, <laughs> yeah. And then sat down to watch it. Did you just discover it's a miniseries right now? No, no. When, oh. I, when I sat down to watch it, I oh, also yes. <laughs> yes. discovered it was a miniseries. Um, sat down to watch it and was like, oh, this is a TV show. Um, and... Um, but nevertheless, I really adored it. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy is becoming an actress that um, I'm so fascinated by, and I'm always like really invested in whatever performance she's giving. Um, and this show is no exception. And this show is visually stunning, it's emotionally compelling, and it's also throws me into a world that I had never really existed in before. And I always love when a movie or show can do that. Um, So, Lucas, you mentioned that you had started watching it. Have you watched the whole thing? I haven't, no. Okay. I sat down because I was like, I have an hour and a half. You know, I'll I'll watch this movie. Sure. (laughs) immediately was just like, oh, well, this is going to be seven episodes. Okay, I don't have time to watch the whole thing. Right. But I'm very excited about it. How far... in our just, I've just I've just watched the first episode. Oh, and gotcha. it's really good. It's very I'm good. Very excited to finish it. Yeah. yeah. Um I powered through this show. Like I think I did it in two sittings and um Oh, nice. It was you know, I we always kind of make fun of when people call miniseries like one long movie, but this really was a time where it did feel like one <laughs> long movie. Um it felt like one very complete story. And part of that has to do with the fact that it covers this character's life from ages 8 to 22, pretty much. Um, and so it does have, like, a biopic feel to it. Um, with But the great thing about it is that this isn't based on a true story. It's, ba- it's an adaptation of a novel. And the fact that it isn't based on a true story really means that this is a very fresh and like emotionally intelligent story and not just a recounting of real events. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like we have to include this because it's actually happened. And, um, no, it means like every chess game that's won or lost, you get the, it's good. They got to decide that for narrative purposes. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. so many of the sports movies that I love are based on true stories. And, 
I I like to think about what how much better our sports movies could be if we could just make some that are fictional, you know, where yeah. we get we get to have full control over the narrative. Um, and this, and I bring sports movies up because in a lot of ways this does feel very much like a sports movie because it's about a very intense world of competition. Um, I am a horrible chess player. Oh, I feel like I haven't even mentioned the, the premise of the show. I always do that. <laughs> um, it is, the show is about a young woman who is an orphan who discovers that she's a chess prodigy and it's about, um, from being a child to being a young woman, her, um, getting enmeshed in the world of competitive chess and it's also set in the 60s, so the costumes and the sets are so fun to look at. They did such a great job really fully realizing the time and place of this story. And um, it's also, it's a woman in a man's world. And so that's also a very compelling story to watch. And... Um, Part of my favorite thing of this show is all of the little chess boys that she meets along the way, which you haven't gotten to yet, Lucas, but it's they're fun. She meets a lot of fun and attractive <laughs> chess boys. And, um, you know, that that's also very, um, just very entertaining. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm obsessed with this show. It's something I think everyone would enjoy watching. Um, and I want to shout out my my favorite performance other than the lead character is um played by Marielle Heller who if you're not familiar with Marielle Heller she's the director of Can You Ever Forgive Me and A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood and the movie that we're going to be talking about today um later in the pod and she's this really incredible director who also is an actor and she stars as um, the main character's adoptive mother in this series. And the performance she gives is so subtle and heartbreaking and beautiful. And I'm a, it made me such a fan of her in a way that I didn't even know to be a fan of her, when even though when I was just a fan of her as a film director. Um, so it was very exciting to watch that. And yeah, I just big time recommend it to everyone. That's awesome. I'm really excited to to finish this. <laughs> it's yeah, I think one of the things that you mentioned of like a sports movie that is an original sports movie, I feel like yeah, we definitely don't get a lot of those and so it just it makes it a completely different dynamic than if you're following a a true life trajectory. So right. I'm excited to see where it goes because it could go anywhere. It could yeah, it could oh. go anywhere and it does. It goes everywhere. <laughs> because of chess, it's nice. a very global competition. <laughs> she flies all around the world. Um, <laughs> what are you feeling this week, Lucas? Yeah, so Sunday um, actually kicked off Deo de Muertos uh, celebrations, um, and this year we decided to watch Coco um, just to kind of kick it off, which I think is was a great Sunday night, I gotta say. Um, for, obviously, Coco is um, the t- 2017 Pixar movie. If you haven't seen it, um, you absolutely should. It is about um, Miguel, an aspiring musician um, whose family hates music, and he goes on a journey of discovery through um, through the land of the dead, um, basically to learn more about uh, his family history and, and, and about music. And I think the music in this movie is absolutely beautiful. It's so fun. Um, and I just think it's one of, like, especially with recent Pixar, it's, it is one of the tightest, cleanest stories. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just really, really smart um, and well done. I, I, I love this movie, and it's beautiful. Like, just the colors and 
um, just everything about it, like the movement of the characters and everything is, it's a great, great animated movie. Um, I, the more I watch it, I think it climbs higher and higher on the Pixar ranking for me. I was so. just thinking like, what is the top Pixar movie? Do you have a favorite? I think, I think for me it's, it's Toy Story. Um, just because I think it's just such a, it's almost a perfect movie, I think for me. Yeah. Um, but I think watching Toy Story back to back with another Pixar movie, you can just tell like visually how dated it is. Sure. Um, like Pixar has just come so far in, as far as animation and um, you know that the technology goes. So yeah. I think visually, uh, Toy Story is very low on the on the list. But as a movie itself, I just I love that movie. Sure, I think Coco is very high up there for me. It's it's so good. I really like. I can't find a lot of fault in it. The performances are all great, and and th- this time we watched it um, in Spanish, and it, and just oh, like cool. they 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 made two versions. So they made an English version, and then they made a Spanish version. And you can watch either of them with subtitles or whatever. But like the where everybody's you know lips are matching the Spanish words and everything like that. Like it's two completely different versions of the movie, which is just so fun. Yeah. So I really need to learn Spanish. Um, because my (laughs) brother and my sister-in-law just had their first child and she's going to be raised bilingual. And, um, I want to be able to speak Spanish if, you know, she is also speaking Spanish. And, um, my sister-in-law was telling me just about, you know, she's a, a native Spanish speaker and, um, how like, she's like, there's so many movies that I wish you could see in Spanish because they're so much funnier in Spanish. Yeah. And I don't remember what movie she gave me as an example, but that's such a fascinating thing to me that movies we all know have a totally, you, you could have a totally different reaction to them in a different yeah. language. I, I think, I think Coco is probably one of them. I think, I think yeah. just l- looking into it, reading up a lot on it, like there's so many jokes that are just ingrained into it that are, mm. um, you either have to be Mexican to, to get, <laughs> or yeah. you have to like, you have to know Spanish to get some of the plays on the language that they're doing and everything like that, which I think is, it, it it's, it's amazing. They don't make movies like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else to talk about before we jump into, uh, what the constitution means to me? No, let's get into it. For the backstory, at 15, Heidi Schreck started winning money to put herself through college by giving speeches about the U.S. Constitution at contests put on by the Foreign Legion, who we've talked about on the show before when we talked about Boy State. Um, Now, she's nearing 50, and she has resurrected her teenage self in order to kind of trace the document's impact and how it has protected and harmed um, women in America um, over the years. Um, I think... One of the one of the great things I think about this uh, this play um, is that it is just basically just long monologues, and it's basically just uh, to give the context, it's her giving what would be you know her fifteen year old self's speech, and then inserting herself into the speech to kind of uh, expand on it and tell stories of of her family and what her family uh, history has been like, um, and how these things have affected her, um, and then jumping back to you know into her her you know speech, and I I think it is an absolutely beautiful. Um, kind of way of telling the story about how we change and how we <laughs> how we learn more about ourselves and our family as we grow older. Um I would love to hear what you think um of this this Broadway play. 
This really knocked me out. Um, talk about like watching it in bed sobbing, you know, just like, being, like <laughs> oh, I'm going to watch, you know, <laughs> kind of an like an examination of like our country and politics. And I kind of thought it was going to be, you know, um, relevant and impactful, but I didn't realize how emotional I was going to get watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, at first I want to just kind of talk about like what it was like to watch a filmed, essentially a one woman show. There are a couple of other key mm-hmm. players in this production, but for the most part, it's a one woman show. Um, and Broadway show. I, love watching filmed versions of stage plays and I wish yeah. we could do it more. <laughs> and it's something that it is, it is one of the experiences that in 2020, it seems like this should be happening so much more often. Right. Well, I guess pre 2020, yeah. because that's when live theater was happening. <laughs> true, but true, you true. know what I mean? In this time in history, we should lot live theater should be more readily available to the masses like this. And, um, I am grateful that especially a show like this, which is so, um, which deals with our country's constitution is one of those things that's being made available to everyone. Um, or at least everyone with an Amazon prime account. Um, and so I just want to get that off my chest and say how like grateful I am to see this and how much I love this format. Then I would say that the content of the show, um, I learned so much new information about the way the constitution is written and what it includes and doesn't include. And obviously she doesn't cover the entire constitution, but she doesn't (laughs) cover several like key amendments and clauses that, as someone with no law degree and someone who hasn't studied the Constitution, I could read those clauses and amendments and not fully grasp, like, what they mean for me and what they mean for history, right? And so I need her to, like, do this show a couple more times and, like, work her way through the Constitution (laughs) or have someone else, you know, do something similar because now I'm like, wow, this is a pretty important document, obviously, and I don't fully understand most of it. Um, and so that, on, from just like an educational perspective, super enlightening. And then from an emotional perspective, from a philo- philosophical perspective, um, it was pretty harrowing in a way that is necessary. And I am grateful for her putting to words so many of the thoughts and feelings I've had in my life about the way women exist, how they, um, the way women have to experience violence and or live in constant fear of violence and how that shapes our entire lives and how it should shape our legal system, but does not. Um, yeah, I was, there's so many times where I'm like, I, this isn't a new concept for me. But you're putting all the, you're giving me all the words I've needed to hear and needed to use myself. And so for that, I was very grateful. Yeah. And I think the way we're talking about it it sounds pretty depressing, but this is built around, I think, a very funny 
um, yeah. show. I think I think it is it's very very funny and it uses humor really well to kind of cut through a lot of um, kind of the harsher moments um, and yet kind of pinpoint um, some of the the sad realities of <laughs> of how our constitution works. Um, but I think I think what what really struck me with it is that this for me this is obviously my favorite way of learning is is through um, storytelling mm-hmm. um, and so like. Obviously, big fan of history, big fan of um, of just learning new things. This is this really hit home for me, and I really just enjoyed the way that she um, talked about the history of the Constitution and kind of um, and 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 interwove uh, her story into it. And I just think like it's so helpful for people to hear because it makes a lot of the you know the very I think dry things about the Constitution um, um, makes it real and makes it feel act. Uh, applicable yeah. yes applicable um to people's lives and you can see the actual impact it's so i i just think the way it's constructed is um ridiculously difficult to do mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 yet comes out beautifully in this um in this play i think there are some uh structural things that i definitely want to talk about yeah. um uh, various like specifics what like once we get into spoilers uh, but i think overall this is one of my favorite things that I've I've seen on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I would agree. I would also say, you know, I mentioned I was like sobbing in bed and like and we're talking about how, you know, dark the subject matter can be, but what I want to point out is that none there wasn't the show actually it's dealing with an overarching idea that like women live in a violent world, you know, right? But there mm-hmm. there wasn't like I wouldn't call it a depressing show or a very sad no. show at all. Like, there's not like, wow, I feel so depressed now. You know, like, there wasn't, like, these harrowing, um, painful-to-watch moments. When I talk about crying, it was more of an emotional release as a woman. You know what I mean? And less because mm-hmm. I've just witnessed something tragic or horrifying. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's an important distinction to make. Um, I think that this show obviously, very obviously reminds me of um, Hannah Gadsby's Nanette um, mm-hmm. in that it's a one-woman show about a woman taking on a broad topic, her, you know, Hannah Gadsby taking on the idea of comedy and um, Heidi Schreck taking on the idea of the Constitution and then weaving in their own personal stories and making larger points about specifically women in society. Um, Although that's not the only thing that she's making points about. She's also making points about just our government. And um, I think Heidi Schreck does a really good job of pointing out all the different facets of women that impacts and the ways it impacts different women um, as well as other communities. Um, And so that, that was also really, um, I was very glad to see that she took the care to make sure that while this is a personal story she's presenting, that she is aware that like there are other women in the world besides the ones that just look like her. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about spoilers. Although I will say this is the kind of show that like, it's, I don't think you could really spoil it. You know, like what you, right. you, I, this is the one time podcast episode where I would tell people, if you're very spoiler-phobic, maybe stop listening. But if you're not that kind of person, you could still listen to us talk about it, and it wouldn't ruin your viewing experience. 
Um, that's my opinion, at least. Yeah, I think it, I think it's more just there are some. <laughs> I mean, let's get into it. But like, just the way this the show is structured, sure. Um, change it changes a couple times, and it's more about that. Like, if you want to go in knowing nothing about it, absolutely, right. Go do that. But um, there. <laughs> There's no uh, plot twists in the, <laughs> right. in the Constitution yeah. that, that we're, we're hiding. <laughs> right. <so. laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this, I, if there weren't, like, if she doesn't, if she didn't take any sides on certain political issues, which she does on one particular political issue, really, um, <laughs> then this would be the perfect thing to show in a classroom, I believe, you know? Um, yeah. And it's sad to me that like this is not going to be made available in classrooms um and that yeah. we live in a world where like that is a, a factor yeah. you know i was i was thinking the exact same thing I, as i said like this is exactly how i like to learn things yeah. <laughs> and i was like i was like man as a kid this would have been like exactly what i needed to dig into like totally. constitutional law and, and um you know government classes and stuff like that and yeah it would have been i think it's such an interesting way for kids to learn but also, I just, in my heart, I, not that I think one movie will make all the difference in the world, you know, um, or one yeah. piece of storytelling. But I think of all the men, young men that might be willing to watch something like this when they're young, but they wouldn't when they're older. And what a difference here, having this idea planted in their head when they're teenagers could make in the world like how different would our world be if our young men are being taught to listen to women's perspectives like this from a young mm -hmm. age and not after a couple of years of therapy as an adult right <laughs> yeah and just knowing from the get-go that that what is written in the constitution um has emotional responses from people. Yeah. I feel like a lot of kids grow up where this is a legal document and there's no emotion involved and it's just, you know, these are these are the rules and you but like hearing how the stories around <laughs> um how those rules affect people yeah. is an emotional experience and that you have to come to you have to come to the constitution knowing that there's a lot of emotion tied into it. And I think that's something that that would be super useful for kids to know right from the get-go. <laughs> and I feel like so much of our at least in Texas, I could say, so much of our history classes and our education system um really have this America first narrative, right? That like, here is all, here's what, how government and like monarchy was flawed and bad, right? And then America was created and we created this amazing system, right? And it's very much put forth <laughs> of like, look at how great, what a great job we did. And there are some bumps along the way, but for the most part, what a great job did we do, <laughs> right? And so how... It's such a good perspective to, for them to, like, really get in their heads that America is not the best government in the world. It's not the perfect form of government. It's a flawed form of government because humans are flawed, and um, we need to be aware of those flaws. Yeah. Um, I'm ready to talk about spoilers and structure, if you are. Quote, unquote, spoilers. <laughs> right. <laughs> Starting now. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's gonna happen. No, cracking gas. Spoilers. Remember, you wanted this. Yeah, so I think I think for me a big surprise in this was um, she has 
um, a man playing um, a member of the Foreign Legion who's just basically you keep like, calling Foreign out. Foreign Legion, it's American Legion. Oh, you're right. What's the for- Foreign Legion? Is the is the actual military? Um, <laughs> that's uh, that's who Snoopy's a part of okay. in uh, the Peanuts. It's very much not foreign. <laughs> it's very American. No, you're right. You're right. It is definitely the American Legion. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go fix that. Yeah. You said it just once at the beginning, and I thought I I was like, did I mishear him? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The American Legion. Yes. <laughs> so she has a man playing um, uh, a member of the American Legion um, who's basically just sitting off to the side and, like, calling time and reading out, like, what, you know, the topic that she's going to read from as her 15-year-old self and, like, um, kind of really playing into that. And then at a certain point in the in the show, she stops and kind of gives it over to him. And he talks about, as as an actor, as himself, just talking about, like, a little bit of his history. Um, and I absolutely loved that i think (laughs) i think it was a surprise for me coming into this because again i thought it was just going to be her um and it is mostly her he's only like he only talks for you know probably five minutes but um just getting that second opinion um of like you know hey i'm a man and uh, a lot of this also affects me um and just his Mm -hmm. uh his viewpoint i think i thought was so interesting to see um, kind of sandwiched in between um, in de- between her talking points, which is amazing. The moment where she transitions from telling her story to, like, giving him a moment, and she says, mm-hmm. like, you know, that she casted him and wanted him to be a part of this production because she wanted someone to, like, represent positive male energy. And yeah. when he kind of starts and says, like, wow, it's a lot, it's a lot of responsibility to be the representation of positive male <laughs> energy. Yeah. That moment first of all made me laugh but also made me think of so many of my close male friends you included lucas that like yeah i feel like so many of my close male friends feel this weight i mean i'm making assumptions but feel this weight to be the representation of positive male energy in our world (laughs) right yeah and yeah that is like that is a responsibility and a and um something that like it, it is a burden that so you know we we rail against the patriarchy and we talk about how hard this world is for women and i don't mean to think like this is an equal balance of burdens yeah. <laughs> yeah. but i do recognize at the same time that there is a hard it must be hard, not as hard as it is to be a woman, but it must all still be hard <laughs> to be a man in this world knowing, like, well, I don't think I'm a monster, but, like, I keep constantly hearing about the atrocities that my gender has perpetuated, right? And Yeah. Yeah, I, I would love to hear you speak on that. Yeah, I think I assume uh it's the same for white people just in general (laughs) that (laughs) that that it's a a little bit of that too it's it's like again i'm not a monster but (laughs) right here here are the tendencies that have uh that have kind of shown themselves throughout history um and i think i I think a lot of it just comes down to awareness and just like honestly continuing to to be actively um Make, making productive choices <laughs> and 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 yeah i mean it's it's exhausting and i definitely don't want to turn this into well listen to how men no. have to deal with all of this but That's um, but I, yeah. I 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. But obviously, I think having him be a part of this of this play of just a quick intersection, just to say, like, yeah, I'm playing this American Legion guy, and 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 here's how that also affects me. Here's how this is kind of um, shown itself in my life. I think it just really helped to broaden this story into a um, everyone's affected by this. This isn't this. Yes she's here specifically talking about what, how, what this looks like for women, but this isn't something that's limited to women and needs to be talked about and thought about by everyone, which I thought just perfect. Yeah. I really appreciated, this is where I guess we're going to get a little bit more spoilery, but Mm -hmm. the story that he told about kind of the gross guy at the bar and his reaction to that man and how that's kind of like the Mm -hmm. note that he leaves on because it felt like a little bit of an admission of a moment where, like, I don't feel great about the way that interaction went down, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know what I was supposed to do in that moment. Um, and I appreciate men telling stories like that of moments where they saw sexism or aggression or even violence and didn't know how to react or maybe reacted poorly or very wrong. And I wish I heard more stories from men about those kind of moments because of course there's tons of them. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I get, I I'm also human. I don't like to talk about times that I feel guilty and you know, like <laughs> yeah. I don't love to admit all my flaws and moments that yeah. I wish I was a better human being. Um, but I think the world would be a little bit better if we could talk about those moments and those stories and, and try to learn mm-hmm. from them. Um, yeah. And ask, you know, and like ask, like, what, what would you have wished I would have done in that moment? Um, I think yeah. I, I appreciated that being a part of this production. Yeah, um, I agree. I just want to talk about also what it was like to watch her play sort of her 15-year-old self. Totally right? agree. And then also her 40-something-year-old self. Um, And so we have one performance, but we have these two characters that she's kind of playing. Mm -hmm. And even when she's playing her 15-year-old self, her her current self is still creeping in, you know? Like, I don't think she ever fully gives, like, a dedicated performance as a 15-year-old. Yeah. And uh, that was really cool to me. Um, I love when she would sort of like step out of her own self and her own performances. She would say something as a 15 year old and then take a moment and be like, yeah, I really said that. Um, or at the moment or at one moment when she decides like, you know what? I'm not going to be a 15 year old anymore. I'm just going to be me when she admits that like she was smiling the whole time. And she points (laughs) out that like that resonated so much with me as someone who did, speech competitions and drama competitions as a teenager, um, I, I was like, oh, I remember that so vividly. I remember, like, <laughs> you perform, like, putting on this, like, professional, enthusiastic, because you're a woman and enthusiasm is, like, the way that you charm people, um, like, persona, and your face is, like, on fire from smiling. Um, and... Just that visual, that, that not visual, that very vivid, um, sensory memory was, I love that she brought that up. Um, and I love that she kept sprinkling in 
um, all her teenager, you know, uh, proclivities, her, her love for Patrick Swayze, the fact that she, her hormones were raging, <laughs> um, all the Patrick Swayze, Swayze references delighted me. Yeah. Uh, all of, I loved all of her magic references, just how into magic she was <laughs> yes. at the time. And like, and just which is all of the it. metaphor. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> and, I, I, but I, yes, go ahead. I, I was just saying on and on on the note of like her kind of jumping in to you know give commentary on the on you know on on the speech that she's giving and everything like that, I think that's something that we do all the time when we're remembering ourselves yeah. is us as older selves are remembering our younger selves, but also putting commentary on that, not necessarily in telling stories but just in our own brains of just like yes, I did this, and here's <laughs> here's here's how I probably would have said that at you know <laughs> now knowing what I know now or here's how I would have adjusted this and being able to do that at the you know on stage at a kind of a grander scale i think it just really resonates with everybody of just like oh yes this would be great to be able to <laughs> to jump in as your older self and like talk through some of these things Ugh. so i mean i spend so much time as an adult thinking of my high school and college self and thinking oh what i would give to 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 whisper in your ear and to do this over you know um i also really love the moment where she said I feel very protective of my 15 year old self and <laughs> telling this part of the story. And so I'm not going to tell it, you know, like, yeah, I, I feel very protective of my younger self. And when I'm feeling protective of my younger self is when I remember that my job as an adult, we can't go back and, you know, change the past, but our job as, yeah. our, as an adult is to be protective of the current 15 year olds out there and to find <laughs> ourselves in the world today and protect them in the way that we wish we would have been protected. Um, and so this, this film is just like a, it reminds me of what my responsibility is as an adult woman, you know? And that like, yeah, the, we, and I think this is a good time to talk about like, the the other the younger girls that participate in this show at the end and she mentions how like hopeful she is for this younger generation and how smart they are and um and enthusiastic and hardworking and all these amazing things and they are i think teenagers are so incredible i love learning from teenagers and spending time with them and um but at the same time I really, really prickle against that phrase, like, the youth will save us, because yeah. the youth are not in charge. We are the grown-ups. <laughs> we are in charge. And it is not their responsibility to save themselves from us, you know? It is, yeah. we are adults, yeah. we, are in we are supposed to protect them. And so it is our responsibility to get off our asses and help fix this country. Um, mm -hmm. And so... Nevertheless, though, the youth are doing incredible things and inspiring adults. And um, I love that she brings out like really, really talented young performers to join this like production mm -hmm. with her. Yeah, I think giving them kind of that platform to talk and everything like that. I 100% I agree with you that like, um, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to wait, <laughs> you know, 20 years for these people to be in charge yeah. for there to be change. Like, like change needs to happen now. And so that is on us um but I, I i do completely agree with the the fact that that the kids can be inspiring 
to that change now, even though they don't have the power um, to actually make those changes. Um, So giving them platforms and giving them areas where they can, um, you know, have these discussions is absolutely great. And so getting to see, you know, her debate um, (laughs) whether we should abolish the Constitution or not, um, I think I think is is great. And I think I think. I guess my fear is that some people take that as just a silly debate um, or some people will take it too seriously as if, you know, this is something that's, you know, that that, that we really have to do and kind of dismiss it because of that on, on both ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I really love as someone who is never in debate or participated or watched or anything like that, I, I, f- I do find that really um, it's it's new for me. And I, I find it intriguing of just this um, this arena where you get to just really dig into the details of two sides of a view. I absolutely love that. And I, and I, and I think people who, who either take it too seriously or don't take it seriously enough, um, do do not get the, um, all of the learnings that you can get from a situation like that. And so getting to see that play out on that stage, um, with, with her and, and a high schooler, I think I, I think that's really cool. And then the audience having to, to vote on it. Are we going to abolish the constitution or are we going to, um, you know, keep it and amend it? Um, and having to actually like grapple with if those are the realities, kind of how do we move forward in life? Um, I just thought it was a a really smart way of doing it. And from like just a production standpoint, what a way to like infuse a show with so much energy and humor at the same time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it really and such a smart choice to end on that note to like mm-hmm. have all these like really emotional highs and lows and and poignant stories from Heidi Shrek and then to end with this rousing debate with this really talented teenager played by or not played it is Rosdelli Ciprian <laughs> um, and you know to have this teenager go toe to toe with an adult and like I'm very curious and and obviously not judgmental about I'm assuming it was script it was a scripted debate but I don't know that for sure like how um you know scripted was yeah. it you know like do yeah. do they switch side like debate <laughs> sides um was some of that improv you know I, I I'm very curious to know I need to maybe read some interviews with Heidi and see if some of the answers are there. So I do know that um, they switched debate sides. Um, they didn't always, that they, they were, they argued differently um, each time. Okay. Um, but I, I don't know if it was scripted or not. Right. Um, and then I should also note that like, there was another teen um, or young person, um, Thursday Williams, who I seem to also pr- participate in these productions, but her, Hers was in the credits, right? That they didn't include her in the in the main right. show of this film version. Um, but yeah, I, it made me like think about debate in a different way because I didn't participate in debate when I was in high school, um, and it was something that seemed cool to me, though, right? And seemed up my alley. But as an adult, I tend to think of people who like debate. As sort of obnoxious people, right? That, yeah, <laughs> like they want, they, like yeah. they, I always think of adults who like debate as um, mostly men who seem to think that like civil rights and liberties of people are debatable, right? 
And, yeah. And that is something that I'm like, I'm not interested in participating in that. I don't want to hear, <laughs> you know, should women have rights? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I don't want to participate in that debate. But this debate format um, was fascinating. I loved watching it. I loved he, as someone who um, I like to think of myself as someone who tries to approach topics with a level of fairness. And I do like to like, even though I might strongly oppose a side, I do want to know what their reasoning is, right? So that I can know why I oppose it. Um, I want to hear as I'm, this is going to be cheesy, but as like the newsroom (laughs) put out in Aaron Sorkin's newsroom, the best form of the argument. Um, And so this was a cool exercise to see these two people give both very compelling arguments for their case, right? As I was listening to both of them, I was like, right on, right on. And then the next one would, like, you know, respond to that. I'd be like, okay, no, right on. I I agree with all of this, even though you're opposing each other. Can I ask, Lucas, if you were to vote on that production in that audience, what would you vote? I would have voted for Keep the Constitution. Yeah. Same for me. Amendments over <laughs> anarchy. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And I also just, um, I appreciate this show. I appreciate shows like like you said, this use this form of storytelling as a way to teach people. And I just hope that, you know, I think pre-2016, a lot of us had like a vague... And a lot of us, I say, kind of people my generation, you know, interest in politics. Like, we kind of knew what was going on. We didn't really pay attention that much. We had a president that we mostly liked for eight years. So, like, there wasn't, you know, I wasn't in tune. And then we had this grand shift. And I hope and imagine that for the rest of my life, I will be way more invested in democracy than I was pre-2016. And I think a lot of people feel that way, but a lot of people also don't know where to get started. And I think stuff like this is very helpful in like spurring ideas and educating people. And so I hope that there is more storytelling like this to be done um, and that we, we can get more of it. Yeah, it's exciting. It really is. It's something that I'm going to be recommending to everyone to see. I'm going to be tweeting about it. I'm going to be, this is, you know, a lot of times I try to recommend people like, oh, I think you in particular would like this movie, you know. Um, But this is one of those pieces of entertainment that I'm going to be shouting on the rooftops from about, you know. Definitely. (laughs) Well, I think that does a good job of kind of wrapping up our, our thoughts about what the Constitution means to me. It is available on Amazon Prime Video if you have that. Um, I would, again, like exactly like you said, I feel like it's something that I would recommend to absolutely everybody, especially if you're needing something to watch on election night, that this, uh, might be a great one. So (laughs) if you want to disengage from, from what's actually happening in politics just for a moment, um, this, this is a, a, a good way to go. So, um, as we wrap up, Sandra, where can we hear from you during the week? So I am available on all social media platforms at Sandra Amstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. You can find me everywhere at Lucas and Stuff. Right now, I'm not doing a ton on Twitter <laughs> um, until post-election. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Bye. 
Um, all right. Bye-bye. Good luck out there, everybody. Yep. Bye. Have a good day. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it. Go home. Yep. Moving along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people. 